Hey there, folks. Rob Hessler here with another episode of Art on the Air, my weekly Savannah morning news and do Savannah special. Thanks for tuning in. I have a phenomenal, phenomenal interview lined up for you this week. I spoke with Sada Mitchell from the Jepson Center at her new Art 912 exhibition, Recordaire. It is such a good exhibition. I mean, I am totally blown away by this, and she does some really unique and interesting things with this exhibition. So first and foremost, she's an incredible printmaker and bookmaker, and the work is just beautiful and powerful, and there is a lot going on beneath the surface of the works. The exhibition is put together beautifully by curator Aaron Dunn over there at the Jepson Center. But more than that, she incorporates all of this historical and research data that you as the viewer can engage with by scanning QR codes, which are incorporated into many of the pieces. It's it's so well done. There's also this long form poem that's on one of the walls. She uses many different formats. It's five different series that all come together to form the show. And it is an incredible show. And Sada was an excellent guest, an excellent interview. And we walk through the show. So it's a really great sort of intro to the show. And I know that after you hear it, you're going to want to go see the exhibition. So I can't wait to share that with you. Wanted to mention, as always, you can catch other things that I write here at the Savannah Morning News right here at savannahnow.com in the entertainment section, including past Art on the Air episodes like last week's interview with Kelly Bamer, also a Jepson Center artist. She is the newest selection for the boxed-in breakout window boxes on Bernard Street. Her series of works titled Embedded goes up in July and we met out in front of the space and had a great chat about her work and Kelly's an amazing artist. The week before that, I spoke with Kay Wolfersberger, who has done art all over town at places like Perk, Henny Penny, Foxy Loxy, Green Truck Neighborhood Pub. And speaking of Green Truck Neighborhood Pub, she currently has a drive-through art box project there that she did in conjunction with Sulphur Studio. So that was a great conversation with her as well. And of course, I've been writing all kinds of other different articles, all of which you can find at savannahnow.com in the entertainment section. But let's get to this incredible interview this week. Again, I spoke with Sada Mitchell about Ray Cordaire over at the Jepson Center in the actual space. And you're going to love it. Can't wait to share that with you. Let's get started. Rob Hessler here with Art on the Air Field Notes. I am at the Jepson Center here with Sada Mitchell, and we are talking about her new exhibition right here in the Art 912 space. It's pronounced Recordaire. Recordaire. Okay. And... There's a very specific, it kind of looks like recorder, and there's kind of a, a lot of metaphor and stuff going on there. So yeah, yeah. tell the listening audience what the show is all about. So Record Dare is a series of five um, series um, I'm exploring through primary sources, um, different thematic studies of um, African-American life here locally in Savannah, as well as the African diaspora. Um, so I am 
I consider myself a printmaker, but um, I also um, can be seen as a multidisciplinary artist because the exhibition entails um, different series made out of an array of different types of materials. So I want to add another title here, and that's historian. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think that's a huge part of your work. So talk a little bit about that background, because obviously there is so much going on behind yeah, yeah. the image here on each of your pieces. Yeah, so in addition to um, being a printmaker and a SCAD alumni and considering myself um, majoring in uh, graphic design, I'm an archivist. And so that basically means I preserve, I make aware um, primary sources through um, finding aids and other access points. Um, I also perform basic preservation. So it's during those times that I am um, appraising different archival materials, going through collections, sifting through records that um, I'm engaging with these materials and I'm having a response to the materials and I'm wanting to share the materials. And that's where, in essence, where um, my art comes from, my inspiration from primary sources and archival collections. That's awesome. And we're going to talk about some of those materials that you use because mm -hmm. they're very, they're selected mm -hmm. very, very much in conjunction with what the idea you're trying mm -hmm. to get across here. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of standing right now in the entry of the exhibition. And for those of you who haven't been here before, there's kind of a long hallway that turns into an oddly shaped room. The <laughs> long hallway is always a challenge, I think, for artists in the sense of getting something that can kind of bring you into the exhibition but also use the space well. And you've done that here. So we've got a series of similarly sized prints lining the left wall here and one of your book pieces. So let's talk about the prints on the left side of the wall here because you mentioned that there's five different series here. So this is one of those series. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about your printmaking, what you're doing here, what this sort of part of the project is. Yeah, so um, I would like to also mention that this um, exhibition was curated by Erin Dunn here at the Jepson Museum. And so uh, when I met Erin and she performed a studio visit uh, right before COVID, um, she came to my home studio and we were actually looking at this um, series, which wasn't complete at the time. Mm. And so during that time, I was exploring um, the days of the week, which is the name of the series. And so I was using printmaking and using a very tight composition style to express the universal feelings um, that we all feel for specific days of the week. And I was exploring emotions. Um, and then the pandemic hit. And yeah. so, <laughs> and so this body of work took on a second a layer of meaning um, in that I was still exploring the days of the week, but then there was also my quarantine experience. Mm. And so it kind of really fed into um, the goal for the series, but um, some of the images kind of changed in terms of what I wanted to convey. Um, so you'll see a lot of really tight compositions. You'll see um, me using furniture or um, textures to kind of convey different emotions um, that we all feel for days of the week. But and patterns too. And patterns, One of the things absolutely. I like to see that patterns for mm -hmm. sure. Absolutely. And they evoke different emotions and they different do. feelings. Yeah. They do. They can energize you. They can be more laid back. Um, they can kind of pull you in or create tension. Eye, create yeah. tension. All of those things. And so I use the patterns and textures and composition to um, convey 
uh, different days of the week. But I also use QR codes in my practice. I was just going to get to that because I was saying patterns because one of the things yeah. is like QR codes are a pattern. And this yeah, is sort of the are. first place we see it in your work. And it's a big important part of like mm -hmm. what you do and it's included mm -hmm. in a lot of the work. So mm -hmm. talk about the QR codes. So QR codes, I kind of started exploring QR codes um, in uh, 2016. So it was pre-pandemic um, that I kind of noticed them. I saw them in um, medical equipment. Uh, I saw them on food products. And I thought, wow, this would be a wonderful, quick way or non-traditional way to um, make archival material quickly accessible mm -hmm. and use it as an access point to kind of uh, guide viewers to collection materials that they probably would never discover or even think about. And so in days of the week, I've embedded a QR code that links out to a university libguide where you can um, explore different um, outsourcing materials, different links, um, uh, different articles that have been collected uh, by Harvard University, um, just kind of uh, shedding light on the experience of African-Americans during the pandemic. So um, it's a, it's a ongoing research. A lot of universities started collecting pandemic stories and even materials from their community to document what's happening and um, to document everyone's experiences. And so I thought that would be a wonderful way to kind of combine those experiences with my experience during the pandemic. That's so fascinating. And yeah. it's really, I mean, first of all, it looks, visually it fits. Like the, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look like this jarring kind of thing, which is yeah, really nice. Yeah, yeah. But I also think it's like, I mean, you're dealing with some heavy subject matters. Heavy. And so exactly. I don't necessarily like to use the word fun, but mm -hmm. I will say when I go to an art exhibition or something like that, mm -hmm. and I can like engage mm -hmm. in a sort of non-traditional way mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. it is fun because it's like, oh, what's going on here? Like, I want right, to, right. like, exploration of art is fun to me. Right, like, right. or I should say maybe fulfilling, mm -hmm. fulfilling. So mm -hmm. it kind of gives another layer for mm -hmm. people to unravel. And I actually think it makes people more likely to stand in front of your pieces exactly. for a little bit <laughs> Exactly. And you're right. A lot of the content, um, especially behind the QR code and the information and the archival collections and documentation that I'm sharing, um, they are heavy subjects and they are um, personal and emotional, but... Um, through composition and textures and kind of um, using printmaking, just some of the attributes of printmaking mm -hmm. and the line work, um, I, I think it lends to pulling viewers in initially and then from there kind of grabbing their attention and guiding them to more serious subject matter. Yeah, and this traditional printmaking too is like it goes back it centuries and so it has yeah. kind of that like you look at it and it's mm -hmm. like you think history, yeah. you think there's a story yeah, to yeah. it, you know? Absolutely. More so than maybe just like something coming out of yeah. a printer or whatever, which could be ultra contemporary. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's kind of transition here yeah. to the other side of the wall here where we've got Finding Aid, which yeah. is one of your, it's one of your book projects, but I, first of all, describe the piece here because a lot of people that are listening can't yeah. see it. I, it's, it's, it's a book, but it's a book. I mean, at the same time, like, I don't think maybe people think book, they're no. not going to necessarily like envision this. Yeah, so what it is, is actually an artist book. And so what artist books are, they are the book um, in art format or art in the form of a book. It could be inspired by the book. It could look like a codex, but it could also be something uh, completely opposite of what someone might think a book would be. And so with artist books, there's a wonderful opportunity to explore different materials, um, different binding techniques to convey um, what it is you'd like for the viewer to know about your piece and your story that you're trying to tell. 
Well, and I tell you, this piece really think, makes me feel like Savannah. I mean, I'm looking at yes. this piece, and you can see <laughs> that was the goal. there is so much here. And, and, yeah, and I really yeah, think, yeah. and I mean, you know, just as a sort of disclaimer to our listening audience here, there is some references here that I think make some people, maybe some viewers, a little bit uncomfortable, but I think mm-hmm. in, a good, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's also some kind of, like, comforting images, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got some things that like make me wonder, like there's some religious iconography mm-hmm. in here, for mm-hmm. example. There's mm-hmm. one of these placards that says a date, but it could also be an address, or like yeah. what specifically are you trying to say with that day? Like, yeah. and, and, but I think that that's what's great is, you've uh, once again, you've got the QR codes here, mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. I can answer those questions if right. I'm interested while I'm looking at the piece. Right, and that's the whole goal. Um, and with Finding A, this is the actual second iteration of these prints. My original um, project or exploration with um, this series was uh, 10 linoleum prints that I completed through my mm-hmm. artist residency program or ambassadorship at uh, Savannah College of Art and Design. and so. Um, This is the evolution (laughs) of those first 10 pieces um, that I have taken and pushed further and put within uh, the context of a book because I am telling a story. And although they're separate prints, um, if you look really closely, you can see that they're all connected by a tree. And so the tree limbs actually spread out throughout all of the um, uh, prints here. And that's significant because Uh, The story that I'm telling, it's about people. It's about the daily activities of people's lives during the civil rights movement here in Savannah. And all of these people um, were connected. They knew each other. Um, They were all active in the the struggle for equality. And so I use a lot of symbolism. Um, Again, there's a lot of uh, texture and pattern, but I also like to connect uh, my prints so that they can form one long continuous image and you'll see that in other pieces in the exhibition. You know and I'm going to throw out one other connection here too with the tree is that these live oaks that we have here in yeah. Savannah for example they live like over 100 plus years and so to a certain extent they've been a witness to the yeah. history too so yeah. extending them across all these different images it also makes kind of some sense in terms of you know connecting history I guess you might say. Now, we were talking before we went on the air about Sharon Norwood, and actually I just kind of want to bring her up now because her big thing is the curly line, right? So she is using, um, she's an African-American artist as well, and and she's kind of equating this curly line to black hair and a lot of other different things here. So I'm sort of curious how you're using it because this seems, it feels like there's a certain connection between the two of your works even though you're not you know necessarily right. working together or anything like that and but. it's so strange that you should say that when i was um actually during the day of installation and um, as they were installing the piece um i actually thought about that i actually thought about her works because i'm also an admirer of her um, art as well and so um, the way that i'm using um, line in this particular piece is um, i'm using the material to convey the spanish moss and the ah, way that it yeah, falls yeah, yeah. on the trees, because this is a tree. And it is, it is like it's it draping is trees, down. Like draping That's down. oh yeah, it's so obvious now, yeah, like that you yeah. say it. Yeah. So I'm using this material uh, to kind of symbolize or uh, make uh, viewers feel Savannah when you see Spanish moss and you see how it hangs from the trees or blows in the wind. Um, this is what I think about, and so I kind of uh, uh, use that, um, you know, try to pull that out by using the. Um, the fibers here but 
Uh, definitely share it. I, I kind of noticed that during installation. I was like, wow, it kind of looked alive in her pieces too. Mm -hmm. I love how the shadow plays off of it too, just in the yeah. installation and yeah, how it's yeah. kind of reflecting in the mm -hmm. in the uh, on the wall there and everything mm -hmm. like that. This is this is such a beautiful. Piece. This is thank you. So there is much. a lot going on in here, and there um, is. There I think is. it'll be. I think people will really enjoy kind of coming in here and exploring it yeah. using the QR codes, but just also even just. There's just a lot. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. if you've been in Savannah for a long enough time, yeah. too, you can kind of feel <laughs> some of the stuff that you're seeing in this, in this yeah. image here, so. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, let's move into the, into the main exhibition area here. And there's a lot going on here. You've got a couple more book pieces right when we first move in. Um, Never Forget One and Two. We've got some triangular sculpture works. Mm -hmm. And then we've got some pieces that were are, are incorporating um, tobacco leaves. So why don't we start with Never Forget 1 and 2 here because these are a couple more book pieces. We were just talking about some book pieces. And you're using some cutout technique here and they're two-sided. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, again, you know, just referencing artist books and um, the power that they have to convey and tell stories, especially through format. And so I'm using the accordion format in that way with Never Forget, um, using both sides of um, uh, the folding or the panel so that you can uh, see different people on both sides but also try to uh, get viewers to think about the connection between the people because it's it's specific and it's relevant and so never forget is my response to crimes against uh, black bodies both past and present um, this is an open edition um, I will continue to make these artist books as long as um, there are injustices and different um, people well, in America. the rest of your life then. Pretty much the rest uh, of my much. life. Yeah, pretty much. And so um, I'm also exploring uh, sacred or uh, sacred grounds or sacred burial um, practices in Africa. So you'll see in my work a lot of matted fibers and adinkra symbols. Um, and that's significant because I wanted the symbols to kind of represent a feeling or a statement. Um, and also with the people who are represented, I wanted it to be uh, to kind of change the, the narrative of the stories of the people who were killed. And so I've combined their images um, with other people who have uh, cre um, created significant contributions um, to society just to elevate those individuals and to say, you know, um, just because uh, they're murder or put in this context or all, we're all viewing them this way, um, they still matter. Right. And I mean, I think that it's interesting, too, because like a lot of times and this is an unfortunate sort of thing that's happening in our society with these black men and women that have been murdered in mm -hmm. the that you're using here for in these pieces, for example, Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and mm -hmm. and George Floyd, like in, in in their cases, a lot of the times when it came out into the media, they were like, well, why were they at fault? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and I think that you know, juxtaposing them with, like you've got John, in this particular piece, John Lewis, Chadwick yeah, Boseman, and yeah. Tony Morrison, yeah. who, like you said, are sort of really highly thought after, you know, highly respected mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. black artists mm -hmm. that it, it kind of says, well, there's more to these folks than, yeah, exactly. than the, the media portrayal. Exactly, exactly. And, that was the, and that was my intent. And, and then, it's interesting too, because mm -hmm. like it's literally they're on opposite sides, so mm -hmm. you don't see them at the same time. Right. And I kind of like, and actually, because it's funny, because I came in to the straight ahead view mm -hmm. of it, where there's the title, mm -hmm. and so I sort of saw the. I didn't see the. I didn't see 
George Floyd mm-hmm. until I went around on the other side and then I was like, oh, okay, here's this, what's going on here. And, yeah, um, absolutely. And so I kind of think that that's interesting. You're going to experience and experiencing them separately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. Um, obviously is, in a, is a part of the right. um, intent there for what you're doing. Right. And although they're separate, I'm, you know, um, highlighting their images on separate uh, sides of the artist book, they're still contained within this one um, sculptural piece. And I like to think of it as part sculpture because they're the uh, black sure. book ends and they're made out of wood and they stand alone and they're kind of like fortresses um, when they're completely uh, stretched out. And so oh, I love that term, fortresses. Yeah, yeah. You see like all of the positive and negative space in between uh, the symbols with the cutouts and I just kind of wanted it to uh, create um, its own space whenever it was laid completely out. You know, I want to talk about two things here that kind of just brought to mind. Okay, first of all, is that like all the pieces in here ultimately completed the each of the series in 2020 or 2021. So this is like super recent. I mean, it's it's like you you really worked through the pandemic and and you yeah, made all this work for this mm-hmm. for this space mm-hmm. and and so during that time you know since you completed these works for example these never forget pieces there's been the you know the trial of george floyd's murder for example and there's been a lot of conversation and and discussion about it i mean a certain level of reckoning i mean like you're really engaged with this topic this mm-hmm. subject matter mm-hmm. as you i think would be as a black woman but also just like as somebody who's working on the art around mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. Have your feelings sort of changed or have your thoughts changed or how has it evolved over the course of like the last year mm-hmm. being so entrenched in this, these ideas mm-hmm. and then kind of, I mean, you're like working on art and you're putting together a show, which is supposed to be like a cohesive thing. But then mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like really constantly evolving. Constantly evolving. Yeah. Um, it, it was something that I uh, sort of contended with, um, more so with using the images of the people um, because after all, there's there's someone's you know brother right. or dad, um, but you know considering that I really felt compelled to still produce the pieces, although there was a lot of media, uh, a lot of attention, a lot of different feelings um, surrounding what was actually taking place. Um, but I felt like their story was so important, and I was so invested in um, trying to find a way to just uh, shift this narrative right. that it kind of pushed me through it. And then also being a mom, you know, I have a son, he's a teenager. And so for me, um, it was extremely personal, um, you know, just having him live in Georgia and all these things are happening. So although, you know, all those things were happening and there was some reservation, um, those were the things that kind of pushed me through the um, art making during that time. Yeah, I mean, that's a fascinating topic and you know it's like i'm a i'm a white man probably is i got it the best out of anybody here but you know it's interesting because i have a young son we talked a little bit about that before too and when this was all of this happening i had i i ended up speaking to a number of black artists at the time when 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 the social justice movement was was getting going you know i should say again because you know we go in cycles about this stuff and uh, so, uh, one of the artists I spoke to said almost the exact same thing about his son. And I was thinking to myself, like, yeah, you know what? I don't have to have that conversation with exactly. my son. I don't have to worry yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. And that's a powerful realization to have, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, I don't know. It seems pretty simple that something needs to be done when you're thinking of it in those terms. Because kids are totally innocent. They don't know, right. like, you know, like, yeah. they have no idea. Absolutely. They're just like, oh, I just want to play with other kids, right, you know? Right. So Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I want to talk about... Um, 
these triangular <laughs> sculptural pieces yes. here, which are really fascinating to me. First of all, the, let's talk about the format because uh -huh. it's this is like a really super challenging format to work in. Yes. And I first of all, kudos to, to you and to Aaron <laughs> hanging these here in this window because, oh my God, perfect. It, like, it, it just fits. It, 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 it's so lovely. It really works. Um, so describe these pieces for our listening audience so people know what kind of what we're looking at and, you know, kind of how did you come to the format? How did you sort of, what, is, what, are, we got, what are we looking at here? So um, Voyage is a series that um, I'm exploring uh, through type, text, and image and also materials again. Um, also they're embedded with QR codes, but it, my inspiration came um, actually quite long ago. I wrote a poem um, entitled Voyage um, and it was about the Middle Passage. Mm. And so um, shortly or not too long after that, I heard uh, Robert Glasper's Maiden Voyage, <laughs> which similarly has the same name. But when I heard this instrumental, um, for some reason it just triggered my memory of this poem that i wrote about the middle passage and because of the sounds that you hear in the vocals um moaning i heard bees i heard water i heard everything that i talked about in my poem and so from that um i started to visualize what that poem would look like um if i were to try to tell the story visually and that's um this is the result of that it's incredible. I mean, you can see the waves. And of course, you've got the poem here on the wall in between the pieces. So it really, I mean, this is, it's a discussion. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a dialogue. Like mm -hmm. I said, mm -hmm. it's not like mm -hmm. I can walk in here and feel like comfortable to, to engage in these issues mm -hmm. in a way that is, I think, valuable mm -hmm. and, um, and not like, you're not really hitting the, 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 the viewer, the mm -hmm. reader over the yeah. head with this stuff, yeah. even though it's very clear mm -hmm. what you're talking about here. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's kind of something that you've been thinking about, like through this whole process, because like it softly sort of eases you into mm -hmm. these really serious topics. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. we're talking about slavery. We're talking about the, the middle passage. We're talking about social injustice against um, against you know people of color. There's mm -hmm. all of these issues that, yeah, I mean, yeah. people listening out there might be like, oh my God, how mm -hmm. depressing is mm -hmm. this exhibition? But mm -hmm. it doesn't feel that way to me. It yeah. feels like like there's an empowering kind of thing Absolutely. going on and all that. So Absolutely. I don't know kind of how you feel about that topic in general. Yeah, um, I think, uh, you know, through the use and how I'm using the material and the way in which I am visually constructing this story, um, it's not meant to traumatize. It's not meant to trigger. It's actually meant to say, um, you know, in the face of slavery, in the face of the Middle Passage, in the face of not being able to find loved ones so many years after slavery, in the face of social injustice or civil unrest or uh, Jim Crow, um, as a people, as African Americans, we've survived. And we're still here and we have something to be proud of. I think that trans transitions us perfectly into the pieces about the with the with the tobacco leaves because you mentioned about families being pulled apart and kind of losing that connection to history and I know that's a big part of these pieces and these are so beautiful here um, and they're well I'm going to kind of describe from my own personal perspective but there are these um, there are these wooden um, sort of stabs that yeah. from which are hanging dried tobacco leaves mm -hmm. um, 
collected in groupings, and then there is some ephemera connected into each of these mm-hmm. two pieces here mm-hmm. that tell a bit of story that is very personal to you. Mm-hmm. So talk a little about this work, because this is, um, for me, this feels super, like the most personal to me, like mm-hmm. looking at that of the work in here, yeah. as far as your work, yeah. this seems very personal to you. It, it is. It, it's the most personal piece. It's the most, uh, it's the piece that I, um, you know, contended with the most in terms of how much do I share, how much do I tell, you know, just receiving the blessing of uh, my family to tell this story. That was important um, because I'm using my own family history mm-hmm. um, as an example of one of the legacies of slavery. Um, so not only are you um, met with the story of the Middle Passage, but you come to this next wall and you see the after effects. Right, exactly. And so what I like to think about this exhibition as a whole is, uh, you know, I kind of compare it to throwing like a rock in the water. It's a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. So as a result of slavery, you have all of these other things in, that have happened to the African-American family. And we're still looking for family members today. And, and I'm, I'm one of those people. And so this is, uh, Finding Grandma Judy is my personal genealogy exploration (laughs) of my family and how I found out that my great grandmother um, uh, essentially and my family is a part of the largest family at one time in in the United States. Yeah, so I love that story you told when you had the artist talk with Aaron Dunn Mm -hmm. and you were sort of talking about this about how um, about how like you were working as an archivist and you're like helping everybody else figure (laughs) out their like historical lines and then you're like wait a second maybe i should do this for myself (laughs) yeah well the thing is um you know as a child i had some memories of my grandfather uh taking us to the country my grandmother would pack sandwiches we'd load up in the car and i had no idea where i was but we'd go and we visit family and relatives way out in the country and so um you know as i kind of uh, started helping other uh, patrons find their relatives and perform all this in-depth genealogy research, which I really, really enjoy. Um, I thought, well, maybe I should find my own roots. And so I reached out to my Aunt Catherine and she provided me with our family book. And that's when I first saw my great grandmother, Judy. That's awesome. Yeah. And there's a picture of of her too here. There is. uh, My Aunt Catherine sent the picture. and I wanted to show and protect her. And so I'm combining um, this vintage um, handkerchief and then I'm also uh, printing on the handkerchief, Mm -hmm. the Sankofa, which means uh, reaching back and looking back in order to, um, uh, you know, guide you in the future. And so um, even with that, you know, the Edinker symbols, they're all throughout many of the pieces um, in the exhibition. And so uh, when I started digging a little bit deeper and I found out, that my uh, great-grandmother, her, her mother, my great-great-grandmother, um, was enslaved on one of the plantations owned by the Harstons. And so, so it's crazy. a phenomenal story. There's a book out um, where one side, uh, the uh, uh, Caucasian side owned the black side. And it, at one time they were the largest um, family in America in both black and white. And so what we're seeing is a record where my great 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 grandmother's name appears in my great grandmother's marriage marriage um, application, and so um, there's also Bob Mitchell, who was my great grandmother's uh, husband, and we've been able to trace that lineage all the way back 
to um, uh, John Mitchell and Minerva Carter who registered their marriage in North Carolina in 1866. And that's what that record is over there. That's so amazing. I mean, you, you all are out there listening here and there is so much in these works. <laughs> I mean, and it's, and, and it's fascinating. It's like, you know, it's funny, I wonder, when people come to see this exhibition, you know, like a lot of times you go to an art show and like everybody's out there and they're just talking yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Here, I kind of feel like it would be just totally quiet because yeah. like everybody is like yeah. reading the story, whether it be actual words or yeah, just sort yeah. of deciphering the clues yeah. that are within. So, yeah, I actually had a chance to kind of uh, uh, come to the museum during Super Museum Sunday yesterday <laughs> and um, you know, to see some other collections that are um, on exhibition here. But I also popped into this space and it was really exciting to see um, uh, patrons scanning the codes and uh, trying to figure out what these were. And they were like, oh, they are tobacco leaves because they read, uh, you know, the signage. And so um, that was really exciting to see. And then I also like to point out that um, these canes are hand carved by my dad. Oh, that's awesome. And so awesome. that's my great uh, great grandmother's grandson. Um, so she's hanging on his canes and they're hand carved. So I kind of, you know, give tribute to where I think some of my creativity comes from, which is my dad, because wood carving and linoleum, they're very similar. <laughs> wow, that's so amazing. What, and what, a per, like I said, so personal. I mean, yeah, it's like yeah. the, all of these little personal details yeah, yeah, here. So, yeah. wow, that's so incredible. You know, Sada, and I want to mention here is that, you know, there's a, a lot of people this is one of the reasons why I think this gallery is so great mm. and highlighting mm -hmm. Savannah based artists because I mean, you're right here amongst us and yeah. you've got all this history and all yeah. of this, uh, the work is incredible. Great, Thank great you. work. Um, but there's also a lot going on here. So if people, and I kind of want to start to round up this interview here, mm -hmm. if people are interested in coming in and learning more about the story or learning more about your work, Give us some websites, yeah. Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So my website is sodamitchell.com. Um, my Instagram is, handle is also first and last name, Soda Mitchell. So you can find me um, on both of those platforms. And um, I have a, a few images of my process, um, but there are also uh, more explanations and the whole full page for Finding Aid where all of the um, QR codes linked to goes to my website so that's where all that information is stored it's kind of like my little personal library <laughs> that's so cool and that's sauda s-a-u-d-a-m-i-t-c-h-e-l-l -L, if you want to look her up and um and again this is going on at the jepson center now but i gotta say you really need to see this in person like i said when i when i first saw you the like the first thing i said to you was like <laughs> wow it looks so much it looks even more incredible in person because it is nice to see yeah. the images but there is, this is three-dimensional work. Yeah, Even the yeah. two-dimensional pieces, like in a way, are their three-dimensional work. Yeah, so yeah. I really appreciate you coming on and talking Thank with me today. Thank you so much for having me. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show, broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at WRUU.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week, where we'll have another batch of art on the air.